1: One of Philadelphia's most iconic nightclubs reopens as a catering venue. Many people have only seen it in the middle of the night. After about a decade and a half of sitting empty, the famous bank building at 6th and Spring Garden Streets gets new life as Banca by DeBruno Brothers. This is a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia.
0: That's a quick, delicious, flavorful bite. It was really
1: hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood-burning oven from Italy. It is intense. And hear about quirky stuff, too. Eat a pint of ice cream as Quirky quickly as you can and then resume the 5k. This is What's Cooking on KYW. Anybody who knows about Philadelphia nightclub history knows about the bank. This building at Sixth and Spring Garden, which was once an old bank, then was turned into, for many decades, a nightclub known as The Bank, known as Transit, and many other clubs. And for the past 15 or so years, it was empty, shut down. But now they're reopening as a catering venue by the Bruno Brothers. So I'm so excited to see what it looks like on the inside. I feel like I'm going back to my, like, it's very nostalgic because you remember when you think about those clubbing days, you remember who you were with. It's, you know, For me, it's like, you know, the single life and now I'm married with kids and like the whole vibe, I'm sure, is different, especially since it's not like an after hours, members only hush, hush, quiet, enter through the back door club. It's now a legit catering venue. So let's go take a look inside and see what it looks like now. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. First of all, let me take a look at this place. It is astounding. It's I don't think I've ever seen it in the light of day or the, <laughs> like the full well, light. Yeah, well, many people have only seen it in the
2: middle of the night with way too many cocktails. It used to be a nightclub. I remember. Right. It was quite a series of clubs for a period of time. And unfortunately, it sat empty for about 15
1: years. I'm Hadas Kuznets at Banca by De Brothers with Daniel Love, who is the consultant on this project. And this is an old nightclub turned into a catering venue.
2: Correct. It is designed 2300 square feet for any number of Clients, corporate, nonprofit. There used to be a balcony up here. Well, the balcony and and Arts and Crafts Holdings, who bought the building, put their second floor offices in. And so we had a muralist from the mural arts program build a beautiful mural that kind of continues the second floor architecture.
1: Because people will remember this balcony. So was this closed off? There's another floor that was built. The balcony
2: is still up there and people's offices are up there. And there are still two vaults up there as well, vaults in the basement. We're creating a cheese cave tasting room. In okay. one of the okay, vaults down there. So much
1: information. One so thing. Much.
2: There is actually a balcony behind the wall, and it's the offices for Arts and Crafts Holdings. Right. And all of their really cool staff operate so up there. So that
1: was the original balcony of this building, and then you closed it off?
2: We had to close it off in order to separate the two operations. Got
1: it. The DJ booth was over here? The DJ booth is still there. It's still up and in oh, the corner. Up, and, up there. It oh, was okay. up
2: there. Right, it was up. It was up on the second level. And, and you're uh, keeping it there? Well, it has to stay there. It's, it's been... Uh, ironed into the the construction of the, the original building. So it it can't come out. <laughs> but that's good because you need a DJ. You always need a DJ. And if we can get them up there, we'll certainly do a, a dance party.
1: So this is where the DJ of a wedding or any event would go?
2: Correct. Yeah, yeah, we would certainly do a DJ up above if, if it's a big dance party. If it's a smaller one, they'd be on the floor with the guests. And we can set it up a lot of different ways. We have two 75-inch monitors built in behind the curtains on the south wall. So we can do programs. We can do uh, sponsor loops. We can do old Pictures of people when they were kids, or you know, old bar mitzvah photos, whatever. And we have about 2,300 square feet, so you know, 100, 150 people are quite comfortable here.
1: Okay, so this is a DeBruner Brothers place. So you're also adding a cheese cave?
2: We are adding a cheese cave as our tasting room in the basement. It's one of the original vaults to the building. It's about 300 square feet and is one of the coolest old vaults you've ever seen.
1: I think a lot of people come here and they're going to be like, oh, oh. wait, did yeah, you, did, did you redo the bathrooms? We've,
2: completely had to redo the ba- we've had to redo the bathrooms for ADA compliancy. It used to be like
1: a big giant. That's in the area.
2: basement. That's those, okay. those, those big giant basements where people laid things out on counters and, and oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. those basements still exist. And we have an elevator in the back for ADA compliance as well. How'd you fit an elevator into the building? It's, extend- it's extended on the outside of the building. It's, it's oh, an exterior wow. elevator. So you have to walk really carefully. I
1: remember these stairs. Yeah. I've only seen them like in the dark. Lots of black
2: light. This was all original to the club. There's a whole the, different the, bar. The basement, in the basement. Absolutely. You know yeah, there were four floors of bars, four floors of basement. dance floors.
1: I think I have a picture down here. And there was like a hole in the wall behind me. No surprise we
2: found a couple of people that that documented in the mid 80s all sorts of black-and-white photography that we're intending to put up on a wall in the back picturescapes of people that were having way too much fun here it was way too cool but yeah this is the basement thing and then this is
1: our cheesecake an old bank vault Oh, it's nice and cool in here. It is nice
2: and cool in here, and this will be perfect for wine and cheese, but it was also a private little dance room where they had piped-in music and, as you can tell, wood floor, and they would have little private dances in here. (laughs) If you can use your imagination, you can understand how private they were. But, yeah, it's a beautiful little space, and it's going to work out great as a cheese cave. The temperature in here is constant all year round and great for big bottles of wine, too.
1: So where are we going now? Upstairs. Come on. For 25 years, it was a nightclub of one sort or another. Take us through the history. A lot of people know this place as one of Philadelphia's historic nightclubs.
2: Right, well, before that, it was one of Philadelphia's banks designed by Frank Furness. So for about 120 years was a bank and then sat empty for many years and then opened up as the bank nightclub as an after hours, members only, two, three, four in the morning kind of a place that everybody would roll into when the rest of the bars closed.
1: And that's where the stories come
2: from. That's where all the stories come from. And so when we moved in we found an occupancy license for 500 people.
1: There were more than 500 people. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, every, every square inch of space was, was, yeah. was taken up. And so in keeping with that, of it being the bank and a bank, that's why the name is Banca. When did transit happen? There were about eight different clubs that operated in the building from when it was the bank to when it shut down. All the names I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they're on I'm sure they're on an L and I report somewhere, but right. but I, I haven't seen them all. And so, you know, in keeping with that history and kind of the fun of the neighborhood, which is exploding, the Spring Arts district is is going crazy. We decided to keep it the bank. But with an Italian twist. An Italian-American Banca. twist. Banca. You know, always keeping an eye to the to the history of the building. Because, you know, our history is hospitality. And that's really the goal of this institution and this place. You know, DeBerno Brothers really feels uh, so strongly about building the community in, in Philadelphia. They're tied to the community. And having an event space has been something that they've longed for for years. And we now have it.
1: So I see that you're preserving some of these old pictures on the wall. That triangle is from transit. Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: Yes. some of the, Some of this stuff is old. Some of it's brand new. the Arts and Crafts Holdings, the owner is, is quite an art collector and he's got a ton of very cool things.
1: What's on the second floor? What's that going to be?
2: Well it, it is currently their offices, and so the, it, it will remain that until you know at some time they outgrow it and move to somewhere else and then maybe we'll expand upstairs too. Just the main floor and the basement maybe. The basement for special guests.
1: <laughs> so we're not going up there.
2: We're not going up there. no, okay. it's, it's locked off. So what's this back room going to be? Well, this back room was a vault above the basement vault. This was a giant locker storage vault, and it will be our kitchen. So they're scraping and painting and loading it all up, and and we'll do this as our turnout kitchen. It's a big space. Yeah it is. Well it needs a big space. We don't really have any cooking capacity here, so you know everything comes from the commissary, which is about a block and a half away. So everything will just have to get turned out here and reheated and sent out. You're not building in We're not building a full kitchen. We don't have the cooking capacity within the space to create a kitchen. We're just we're treating it like every other museum and special event site that has a turnout kitchen. Okay, so let's talk about some of the history. Let's come under here. This mirror. One of the beauties about it on an angle is that we're using it as a selfie station. So when you move back a little further, you can take a selfie in a Frank Furness framed mirror. One of three, there are two additional Frank Furness mirrors that we're hoping to install over by the bar. But this was originally the opening mirror in the lobby. It's one of the few interior photographs we have from in the 1880s. Of, of where this stood. And this was this mirror frame was designed by Frank Furness. This was co-check back here and liquor storage. This black window, and white wall, window wall w- window wall used to be all the liquor storage. They built this iron cage to control the liquor when it first was built so that no one could get in. And so it stayed here and we're gonna create a series of black and white photographs that'll be etched within the plexiglass. One of the colleagues from, from the hospitality industry was a check girl here. She did a walkthrough with us and her memory was just uh, blowing circuits left and right of all of the times and all the nights and and early mornings and sunrises she saw crawling out of this building. I
1: think a lot of people in Philadelphia have those memories.
2: That's all I keep hearing. I keep hearing about everybody who partied here. They don't remember really when or why. Everybody ended up here at one point or another. Everybody ended up here. Everybody who has a story about it also has a little bit of embarrassment about that story, (laughs) and a little bit of, uh, oh yeah, I did things I probably shouldn't be talking about on, on, on the radio.
1: We're all grown so, with yeah, families now, Yes, yes right? exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> you know, we're not wearing fishnets and uh, black eyeliner. Some of the photographs I've seen are just unbelievable about how much people wanted to be an early version of Marilyn Manson.
1: Well, this was a goth club for a while. It was goth. Yeah.
2: I think that was its last use as a club, was as a goth club. But its first use and its its origination, as I understand it, was... Was a real- bank. Well... When it was the bank, it was the refugee location for the LGBT community in Philadelphia long before the gayborhood started. And this is where everybody felt very comfortable to be who they wanted to be and come here at 10, 11 midnight until 4 in the morning. And it was packed for years every night. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: It was. I mean, I remember when it closed... And people were like, "Oh my God!" And then it reopened, and people were like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, right, right, right. And and, and then here we, we go again. And here we go again. And so that was one generation that went f- through it, and then moved to the burbs. And so it was really, it was, it was a rebirth for a new generation. I think
1: it was a couple of generations, yeah, though, because yeah.
2: it's been around for a long. time. Yeah, I think that you know it was a club in the 35, 36-year period. So yeah, that's a couple generations, indeed.
1: I, I just can't believe how bright it is. Was it always this bright? Do you repaint? Or, or did you just add extra lights that I've never seen before? Uh, no, no. These are the
2: original lights. They never turned on. That never turned on. But they are—they are the original lights. The whole ceiling from the second floor up, and it's—it's it's a 31-foot high ceiling, was kind of a dirty nicotine-stained copper color that was there for decades. We spent a long time ripping it out, washing it redoing all the plasterwork and repainting it so we woke it back up and gave it gave it its own world again and it's a completely different thing if you see the photos from before and after it would just shock you. I'm just imagining
1: the people that used to be goth here come back for like a wedding or bar mitzvah.
2: Yeah, well, and and you know they'd be the wedding in Bar Mitzvah of their children or their right. grandchildren. Exactly. They would they would not be the original, the right, original. Right. One of the first people to see the space after we started to renovate it spoke about how when he was eighteen and nineteen he kind of lived here because this was where he felt most comfortable and spent almost every night here. And now he would never let his child come here. <laughs> <laughs> he would never, never let a kid in, enjoy what was enjoyed here. So so
1: but, right, so let's talk about what you plan. So you talk about weddings and bar mitzvahs, and you're going to obviously have food and catering here.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, DeBerno's has really exploded with the events and catering business. We have a new executive chef, Ashley James, who is brilliant, spent 10 years with Star Catering. He's brilliant. We've written, rewritten all the menus. And so with this launch of here, the events and catering division of DeBerno Brothers is exploding. Our hope and expectation is that this will lead to, obviously, other exclusive venues, but also to other community venues. We like to do a lot of work with the community. We like to do a lot of nonprofits, and that's really how I view this venue. I really think that the nonprofit fundraising community and the political community is going to really take advantage of this because it's a perfect size for that kind of cocktail party in the evening, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, and doing what they do, which is ask for money. (laughs)
1: Right. right, 150 so, to 200 people or less. You could make this less.
2: Oh, you could totally do it for 50 people. It fits very comfortably. But you know, 150 is full. 200 if it's really just straight cocktails. But you know, that kind of 90 to 120 is really the sweet spot. You know, and it's a hardwood floor that goes from end to end. So it's one of the biggest dance floors in Philadelphia, so, <laughs> as everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. So we could definitely do. Uh, a,
1: well, especially a, a if you're putting, if you're putting the DJ up on the second floor.
2: It saves some space, but it also gives, you know, gives that height awareness of the space and creates right. more more excitement, and, and we have a lot of capacity to hang additional lighting, to have some fun dance floor lighting coming off the rails on the second floor with the monitors playing, you know, old, fun animated cartoons, if you want, or... or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, where to donate. Or to donate, right, 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 right. Or a sponsor loop, right, for your American Red Cross, whatever. whoever, whatever. I mean,
1: this is a completely different feel.
2: It is a completely different feel, and it's really a rebirth of a space that is not only on the historic commission, so it, it isn't going anywhere, but it really needed a lot of love, and NDB and has put in a lot of love here. They've, they've spent <laughs> way more than the budget. It's got a proximity to the convention center, it has certainly a proximity to Center City. It has a lot going for it, and it's also brand new, which is also one of the coolest things about it, is that it you know, has a lot of availability. How long was it empty before you took it over? This. Part of it sat empty for about 16 years.
1: So when you guys were looking through this old building, did you find anything that, what did you find that blew your mind or that was interesting? They didn't really leave
2: anything because over the years, all the different clubs, everybody's searched everything about it. But things that they couldn't move or take away were all the vaults. There's nine different vaults throughout the building. And the hardware, the construction, trying to rebuild the space was, was, was a nightmare because there's, you know, multiple inches of stainless steel and iron ore and three or four feet of concrete around the building. It was built to not go anywhere. So the renovation was really challenging. You got to work with the building. And so there are, you know, there is some stuff. You can see there's some conduit that has to be on the outside because it just, you can't get into the walls. (laughs) But I, I think for me, the coolest thing was discovering that cheese vault. It's just, you know, the doors are in pristine condition. They're intact. The space was gorgeous. It's a perfect temperature down there. So that to me is gonna be like the real gem of the use for for DB Catering Clients.
1: Looks like the floor is original, the mosaic floor also, the banquet and the bar. This was all here from when it was first
2: designed as a nightclub, was this three inch concrete bar top and a three foot concrete back bar. This was built in the 80s I'm guessing, maybe as early as the 70s and has been here since. It's made with um, red oak and cedar and the contractors have done an incredible job of stripping it, and bringing it back to life. And uh, again, decades of of stain and nicotine and paint, <laughs> and you can only imagine how much stuff was on these, on these windows in this bar. What
1: about the subway tile backsplash, here, back wall?
2: That we've all installed. We installed all of the window treatments, and all of that, all of that tile work is all brand new. Because it was gross. It was well. <laughs> <laughs> it needed a little lift, and, okay. and what we want, really wanted to do was tie into what we've done is surround the columns on the south wall in, in tile and marble and give it, a, give it a little bit more of an elegant look and, and a little bit more of a nod toward what it was. Um, as you can see, they're, they're doing all hand painting of the oak leaves up on the scroll and really taking special care to make sure that everything is accented accurately to what it probably looked like 140 years ago.
1: All right. What do you want to say to all the goths from 20 years ago, 30 years ago? <laughs>
2: well, I would invite them all to come back because they all have children now. And they all have, you know... Uh, <laughs> another
1: generation. Another
2: generation. But they should come back and remember how much fun they had here. Because it really is a really uber-fun space. And, you know, with, with some good, good food and a couple of cocktails, you can live, relive those days in a second.
1: This was about the dancing. This was about the dance party, this place.
2: It was about the dancing. It it was about the socialization. And the dancing was really the the core of it. And so that socialization is back. The idea of coming back, whether you're just eating, having a dinner party, or or celebrating somebody's Whatever, this is really a cool place to to come back to and to be a part of because it's it's so integral to the community and and you know and and everybody's memory. I mean, everybody has a great memory about this
1: place. No, seriously, I want someone to invite me to a
2: party here. Okay. <laughs> I'll be happy to invite you to the grand opening.
1: Okay, love it. Anything else you want to add, Daniel?
2: I, I really want to say thank you. I mean, this is so so kind of you to to take an interest and in, and and to be involved with this. We're so jazzed about this. It is such a really cool space.
1: Daniel Love is project manager of Bunka by DeBruyne Brothers here at Sixth and Spring Garden Streets. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are very gracious. Thank you. That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at foodinthe215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadass Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadass Kuznets, and that's What's Cooking.